Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We are continuing our coverage of Breaking Bad season two, episode ten. Over, we're officially into double figures for the first time on a Breaking Bad episode. Um, and yeah, an interesting episode to talk through. This one here, lots of um, interesting plot lines, um, interesting uh, scenes. Yeah, just a lot of interest, I suppose interest. you would say. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, this one um, was directed by Phil Abraham, um, written by Amora Wally Beckett, which is a name that I think comes up quite often as we move forwards. Um, it was first aired on TV on May the 10th, 2009. My name is Nick and... <laughs> <laughs> and my name is Kangaman, half man, half kangaroo. <laughs> There's our Australian reference. I've said last week, do we have any Australian? There it is. Kangaroo, next episode. Next episode. I'm so excited. All right. So we're 1 1 Australia versus New Zealand on references in yeah. the show. So <laughs> the classic trans Tasman rivalry on <laughs> yeah. AMC is Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think this is, you know, we talked last week about that, you know, this is kind of like a, a bit of a follow up on what happened in the last episode. And, and obviously, this is a bit of the, the reaction and the fallout to the, the news that, that Walter's. In remission or not remission, whatever you want to say, but yeah, you know, is in better health, um, and and maybe has a few more health options moving forwards than he did at the start of the show. And this feels like a real transitionary episode where um, we kind of move out of Walt having to be a, a, a meth dealer and and maybe having some options to do different things and and some of the decisions he's going to make from there that we'll get into through this episode. It also has a few other. Uh, you know, plot lines and things that we pick up on, which we didn't have last time. And one of the things I found quite interesting is that I can often tell from, you know, like just my own notes about what this kind of episode is going to be like. And I know what I generally like, how many notes I take per episode. And I took a lot more on this one because there's a lot of kind of quick cuts. There's a lot of quick scenes and then you move on to another one. So when you're kind of writing down each scene and kind of what happened there, it, it adds up a lot more on an episode like this. And I don't know if lots of small scenes is better or worse I'm you know like I have my own view on that but um yeah I think it's just interesting that this one is full of kind of a lot of kind of quick scenes yeah which um you know when you've got important important plot lines of um Skylar and Ted reminisce <laughs> and Walt fixes rot um yeah <laughs> I think you kind of need lots of I mean on paper when you sell it like that it's kind of like oh what are we what are we in for here right now you know um, but, uh, yeah, like it's, it's, I, I'm intrigued to talk about this one because I know you mentioned in an episode a while back about, oh, the episode when Walt sort of does renovations and fixes the hot water tank. Um, so yeah, 
Um, yeah, yeah I, I think I think to me is that you know Breaking Bad's um, like known for having um, you know like kind of these these runaway storylines that you can't turn away from and then just every now and then coming to like a, a screaming halt where like you know you just have an episode where it's like this is your chance to catch a breath before we then dive back in um and whether that's deliberate or not i have to assume it is somewhat deliberate um that you know kind of this is the one where it's a little bit of like let's tidy up a, a few storylines that we've started but not finished and um this isn't the last it's not the first time we've done this and it won't be the last time we do it but you you do feel you know whatever you think of this episode Episode. I don't think there's any denying that you absolutely feel the change in pace that you get in this episode. This is way slower, um, and you know, slow is not bad. It's not always a bad thing, um, but it is a noticeable change in, in, in pace for the way that this the show has been operating so far. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And I mean, you know, with any episode of tele, uh, season of television, it's like you've got to have an episode like this every now. And then. I mean, we were sport for choice last season. We had seven episodes, and as you said, this is we're in double digit territory for the first time. This is tenth episode. So, you know, every now and then you kind of need sort of an episode like this maybe, you know, you can't have everything brilliantly great and sort of fast-paced and action-packed. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a slower episode. But, I mean, as we constantly say, breaking bad episode of Breaking, breaking Bad, that's a <laughs> spin-off show, um, it's never a bad episode. Like, it's not like we're, you know, it's not Sal Perry and we're coming, this is rubbish, this is fucking bullshit, like, I never want to watch this again. Like, you know, like, yeah, I'm very much on the fence about the overall feel of this, but... Um, yeah, it's kind of it's it's an intre- it's an interesting episode, but it's got some great moments in it though. I think this is one of those things I I'd like to go back and re-watch and and rediscuss Sal Perry having watched Breaking Bad just to remind <laughs> me just how bad that episode is because that is an atrocious episode of TV yeah. and that's a show and that's a show I like but you know there's no way getting around that that's an atrocious episode of TV but there's a whole other show we've already been there download the Nip Tuck episodes from from uh, the Oz Network if you're Good interested in learning about there, that guys well done <laughs> yeah so we get this uh, we're back into the cold opens with the teddy bear again and it's exciting to get back here because it has been a little while since we've got um, got one of these, so it's fun to be back here. And, and you know, we pick up on the bit of a, a close up on the teddy bear, um, and you know, the pink teddy bear and the otherwise black and white surrounds. And we get the pools are obviously still at Walt's house. You know, it's um, you know, you, you can tell that straight away that that's where we are. Um, and you kind of see these these people in masks, kind of, and and hazmat suits, kind of picking up glasses, which you know we, we we talked about in the last time we saw one of these cold opens. We kind of assumed was a was a Walt pair of glasses um and you know they kind of look at that and you see them bagging up evidence and and this time we start to expand out and we get a broken windscreen which is on walt's car the the, the famous pontiac pontiac aztec car um and and then we kind of pan across to what's the most shocking thing we've seen so far which is um bodies being being zipped up in body bags and walt's own driveway so um pretty confronting stuff right here and, and obviously we're starting to build to something that's that's pretty shocking and um the next time we see this we're actually going to get resolution on this so it's kind of kind of fun that we're, we're almost at the point where we're going to find out what this is all about so yeah it, it, it's um it's great to be kind of back in this territory i think if, if you're going to have a storyline like this you've got to keep kind of teasing it out and we probably have gone a little bit longer than i would have liked between these kind of cold opens but um yeah i'm i'm enjoying getting back into it I'm disappointed that the teddy bear didn't get a white body bag just get shoved in a plastic <laughs> bag and put in a crate and cut it off like yeah bit bit offended by that but yeah it's um i pointed out last time we had one of these sequences that i thought there was more of this and i thought this was almost like an every episode thing that we get mm. um but uh yeah it's interesting you say that kind of the next time we get it we get sort of the resolution and 
as I've said a few times, like I, yeah, I had no clue. I, I didn't even remotely like, I, and I, like, no, as you said, I, I, I think, think you too, can. you can't. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's come to a point where when it happens, what happens? You're like, okay, that's completely not what I was thinking, but that's it's so, well done. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's great, and I'm looking forward to getting there. I'm actually really excited to to finish off this season now because we are starting to build to something which is really really cool. Um, so so yeah, we, we we'll kind of get back to this um at the next the next um time we have it will be the conclusion of it and um it's, it's been great to get there so far but you know our next episode after the credits uh, sorry next um scene after the credits is um is walton you know waking up in the morning and he's examining his hands after the punches from the last episode so we're straight into kind of picking up on what happened in the last episode um and he now has an inhaler which is you know the reference that we had last time that he's got this inflammation of his lungs which has caused him to cough up blood and so he's got an inhaler to deal with that now and um a couple of kind of interesting like so a bit of a setup on the, the 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 rusty old dirty water coming out of the sink, which is going to be a part of this episode, um, and then him shaving his head, which I think is quite an interesting kind of call to where his mind might be at the moment. Because if he knows that he's in remission and maybe getting better, then maybe being bald has, has now become a choice he's he's making um, rather than something he has to do because of chemotherapy. So maybe just a slight nod to to that being the thing that's going to happen here. Yeah, I I mean. I was talking to Hello Colin. We bring him up every single week, but um, I sort of he's our new. He's our, we, we get a listener, we get excited. Um, and sort of mentioned at least at the time recording this. You know, we sort of only released the first couple of episodes, and sort of I I mentioned something about how like oh like it's like how you you know it's weird watching the opening of Breaking Bad when you've got Walt with hair and then eventually he's bald and he's like well I only know him with hair like thanks for spoiling it that he gets bald and <laughs> it's kind of like yeah but is this, is this really Brian Cranston like wet shaving his head? Um, I don't know. I mean, I assume so. I, I think probably the baldness is something that he really committed to. So I, I would assume so. I don't think this is something they're putting on. He's not wearing a bald cap. He's been quite happy to be bald for this this show. So yeah, I, I don't have any doubts about the the um, the genuine nature of him doing this. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like like I think we we noted on the episode where he first shaves his head is that they actually they actually filmed him shaving his head, but you know they didn't use that footage because it was better to to kind of get that instant reaction of him you know stepping out completely bald so yeah I, I don't have any reason to doubt that this actually is him shaving his head so yeah I think um I, you know to be to be fair to us I think um you know the, the images of you know just in kind of pop culture in general of, of Heisenberg and, and Walt with a bald head are so common that I don't I don't think we should be picked up on that one well, I, I think that, yeah. that that's um yeah that, that's a bit of a, a rough one on us I think I think I think what I mentioned I think the way it came up with Colin is because um Season one, Jack Bauer, Keith Sutherland, sort of almost got a bit of a long mop, whereas I think you kind of get used to Jack Bauer having a shaved head, like not right. shaved head, but like short, short like crop. cut, yeah. um, kind of any iconic. If you Google Jack Bauer right now, you're going to get this iconic picture of him with kind of a very, like not with a long moppy hair. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, I think, where it came up on that sort of thing. But it's like it's like yeah. Matt on Nip Tuck, you know, like in the first what first season with his hair and then kind of by the end of it, it sort of changes that way too. Yeah, but, well, um, I think we, we kind of almost talked about Matt as looking a bit like Michael Jackson in that first yeah. season because he's got the kind of yep. real fine features and the long hair and then obviously that changes pretty quickly. Um, yeah, and so, you know, then we kind of get what kind of comes out and, and they're having the break, 
foreseen, you know, the, the kind of um, one of the staples of the show is these guys sitting around having breakfast at the table and, um, you know, he's um, he's going to work and, and Skylar thinks that's a bad idea. He should just take the week off and just rest and doesn't need to be in a rush to get back. And this is where she talks about wanting to to have a party to kind of celebrate the good news and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and yeah, and so we do see that Walt decides too that he is going to stay home. Um, and, you know, once Skylar leaves is where he phones Jesse um, and, and they kind of have this this meet, you know, and, and like, is it at Denny's or whatever it is? I don't know, but it's a, like a, um, yeah, like a some kind American of American breakfast restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And um, this is where he tells Jesse that, you know, they're in remission and um, kind of says that they can stop cooking. So um, this is kind of, you know, where Walt's kind of head is at, whether he's th- doing what he thinks is right as opposed to what he actually wants to do. But that's this is kind of the message he's given to Jesse at this point. Which... Correct me if I'm wrong, this is sort of a spoiler, sort of not, but, like, this is something that happens fairly frequently, kind of this conflict, right, of, like, shall we cook, shall we not, sort of. I mean, it's, it's not a new thing. We've had it before. So, um, yeah, well, I think probably one of the things I'd say is that, you know, I know one of the infamous kind of things we, we termed in Nip Tuck was this idea of a, a heterosexual love story between these two best friends. And while I don't think that's kind of quite true for Walt and Jesse, there is certain aspects of their relationship, which are almost, you know, not, they, they mirror a romantic relationship, although there's absolutely nothing romantic about them. But <laughs> this is one of the things that they're a little bit on again, off again, as a, as a business relationship, yeah. I guess you would say. Um, so, yeah it is a bit of a um you know it, it's one of those things that they do kind of it's a trope i guess they kind of call back to it quite often of like yep we're cooking no we're not cooking um yeah and and it is just one of those things that kind of shows that they're a dysfunctional relationship um that that manages to operate even though they probably shouldn't i i do like this breakfast scene though like again i i think i mentioned last week i i, I kind of like these little nice little scenes between the pair of them um and i feel like these get few and far between but, um, yeah, it's just a nice little scene and I, I've eaten at places like this in the States. Like, it's kind of very basic looking with, like, basic looking tables and just basic looking mm. cutlery and crop. But, like, they're the places where you get the best food. Like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. the best southern cooking I ever got when I was in uh, Nashville. I got taken out to the back of a gas station and I'm literally <laughs> looking around going, this is just someone's kitchen, right? Like, what is this? This is so scungy. This is, like, whatever. It was, like, the best food I think I've ever had in the, the south. It was incredible. Um cheap and just so good but um yeah i i like it i like the dynamic between the two of them and kind of uh yeah this is the only and this is the only scene between the two of them in this episode as well yes i think so yeah i i I think um one of the things i like about this and you picked up on it in the last episode that we talked about was that jesse's kind of you know he 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 does have like a a genuine happiness for walt that you know that he's doing better which i think is really cool that you know while these two bicker a lot and their relationship you know ebbs and flows a lot you know jesse is is you know genuinely happy for walt that he is improving um which is which is really interesting because I think yeah. you know for Jesse this this you know, from a business perspective is maybe not good news because they don't have to you know Walt's not reliant on on the meth potentially as much to, as a, as a form of income if he's going to be around for a while longer so it's just interesting that Jesse's initial response is happiness for Walt and I think that kind of speaks to the kind of guy that that Jesse is you know like at, at his heart he's a he's a good guy yeah and I think it's kind of um. You know, as I say, it's like it's few and far between with these ones. Like it is always interesting, kind of when they don't, sort of, because it's it's kind of like one of these things. And I guess we've all got these people in our life where it's like sometimes you just have relationships with people for this, like like work people. You've got people you work with every single day, 
but you're never going to invite them over to watch the game on the weekend or you're going to go out. Like, they're just work friends. Um, and this is kind of like what they are. So it's kind of almost like, you know, oh, what are they going to be outside of it? As you said, like, you know, th- there's genuine care there. And it's kind of almost like, yeah, that father figure thing that we've talked about so much. It's kind of like, you know, Jesse really hasn't got a father figure. So kind of like he's kind of connecting sort of this with Walt essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, then we kind of move on to the next scene, which is the kind of party scene um, at, at the White Household. Um, and White yeah, Household, this, you, yes, you went there. Uh, the you White Household. I'm, there. Try, yes. I'm trying to get away from saying the White House, but I think if, if you think the show is going to include the president of the United States, and we're, we're probably into a whole different show. It might um, have a few years ago with a different president, but um, <laughs> you know yeah. that Obama. I mean, God, he, if, oh. you know, what a what a man. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Well, which one? Like, what was what was Bush into? Was it Coke or was it uh, anyway? Um, <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm not. Do you have an exclusive to tell us here, Nick? Like something going on? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I, I let's not go there. Um, but uh, yeah, so obviously we get Skylar giving the speech, and we find out that Hank makes a, a mean margarita or whatever it is. Um, and you I know, love so- these glasses. Can I just say this? You need little sombreros are on the bottom of the margarita glasses. Yeah, like, yeah. Kind of like a little. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, it's kind of quite cute, really, isn't it? Um, kind of the thing you'd expect in, in kind of New Mexico as well, I suppose. But um, yeah, and, and Skylar gives a speech and, and kind of calls out Gretchen and Elliot who aren't there um, and, you know, and kind of, you know, like just thanking them for what they've done and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and then Walt gives a speech, which my only note that I have in my things is Walt's speech is a real downer. <laughs> like it's, you're expecting him to be excited and celebrated and uh, celebrating and, and he's not really, he's kind of just, yeah, it's that that great line about what does he say that you know that when he found out he kind of he thought why me and then when he found out that he was you yeah. know re- recovering he he thought the same thing which I think is a great line you know it's a, it's a really good line and it kind of gets to Walt's mentality and you know kind of the unusual thing of Walt being quite honest in front of people which he's he's not renowned for doing I suppose yeah which. I mean, the awkwardness of the Gretchen and again, this. Oh, I love when they do have these parties when it's kind of like, again, like, who are half these people? I mean, mm. I get it. Like, you want them to kind of be somewhat popular in that. And then, what's the face? Carmen's there. Carmen's always there. Carmen's just always, <laughs> she's down for a party. And Gomez, like an why is Gomez there? I don't understand why, like, he's he's at, like, his brother-in-law's party. Like, well, he was, wasn't he at the, the party in the pilot, though, when they're watching the Yeah, the I think movie? so. I think it's that thing of, like, any show that's got a reasonably small cast is that you have people that, you know, in the, in, in the real world, like, you know, I wouldn't be, like, going to a party with my brother-in-law's workmate. Like, that doesn't <laughs> feel like something I would do. But, you know, kind of the show with small, and even on this, you kind of, like, have these people that you've never seen before, these extras, like this guy that looks like Saddam Hussein with this big massive like <laughs> moustache it's like who the hell are you I, I, no, I, there's also the guy in the background who looks like um, Jared the sandwich guy who's now what, like a massive pedo like um, that guy I'm sitting there going like oh Jared the sandwich guy was doing well back in uh, you know 2008 2009 wasn't he he wasn't arrested then Subway famous, <laughs> Breaking Bad um, but yeah it's, I mean like again you're right like you've got to have these people like Maybe I'm just used to having no friends and having like three people at a party. I'm like, this is unrealistic. They've got more than three people there. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> that's because all your friends are podcast hosts around the world. That's why. Thank you, Nick. That's the nicest thing anyone said for me. If I could invite you all over to my house, I probably wouldn't. But I know I've been to your house multiple times, but I mentioned last week you can fly to Hobart. I'm here right now. Make the most of it. Yeah. Until you go into quarantine again and then I, well, one of us goes into quarantine. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, you know, I don't really have much more to add. I kind of think like it's the downness of it. Like I, I always think there's a scene here, like somebody kind of calls him out for it. But it's like the face reactions, like they're all smiling and then it's like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. It's kind of like it almost needs like a record scratch or something. No, it's just like yeah. such a, oh my God. But yeah, this next scene's really fun. I guess like it's the, you know, um, Walt and Walt Jr. and Hank kind of talking out the back and, you know, we kind of get started where they're talking about um, Tortuga, you know, with the, um, what happened there and all that kind of stuff and um, Walt's kind of just sitting there not saying a whole lot just letting Walt Jr. and Hank talk and and then he kind of pours a, a tequila for himself and for Hank and then pours one for for Walt Jr. and and um, and you know he, he drinks it and then he pours him another one um, and then you know forces basically forces Walt Jr. to drink the second one um, and and then Hank kind of takes the bottle away and tries to make it a bit of a joke and um, and you know, Hank's kind of, uh, sorry, Walt's getting a bit aggressive at this point and saying, bring the bottle back. And all. I love the size of this bottle too. It's massive. Oh, they're, they're, I've, I don't know if you get them in New Zealand, but I've nah, seen nah. those. We get, these, we, we get these. That's just our small bottles. I, I love when you're going to go into like a, a liquor store or like a Mexican restaurant and they've got like those really weird tequila glasses. Like, you know, the skull's quite common, yep. eh? Of like, but then the shotgun, like, you know, the ones that's like yep. a big yep. glass shotgun with tequila in it. So, well, so yeah. It's funny to jump in there because they mentioned something about um, the worm here. When I went to San Diego, because that's obviously like right on the border near Tijuana and sort of over there. I was actually with Purple Kelly, a good friend of the show's. And um, I wanted to get a bottle of tequila with a worm in it to, to give to a friend. And we found one and like, like it had the worm in it. It was quite expensive. And I mean, I'm not a big tequila drinker, but um, yeah, like it was just cool to kind of see that. And obviously I don't know if that's just a standardized thing in all liquor stores because you're so close to the border of Mexico, kind of it's, it's sort of there because you've got that sort of cultural aspect of it. But um, no, these bottles, like Jesus, like, I, yeah. You should, I mean, this is a country right now in America where their beer cans about bigger than, you know, a two liter bottle of Coke essentially like you know you yeah. go to a sporting game in the states and a beer can is like it's huge and yet, yeah. yet i thought australians are more alcoholics than americans but hey yeah this kind of just looks like a big like like milk bottle it's kind of quite weird um but anyway and so yeah we end up like he pours this third one and kind of hank kind of puts his hand over the cup to try and stop him from pouring it and you know walt pours it anyway and kind of like pours it all over hank's hand and um it's, a, it's just a really tense scene and and you know it's the first time i think that kind of walt's really stood up to hank and it, you know he's just been a dick basically he's just been a jerk and um and you know he's just got this anger in him and and he's just kind of taking it out on on hank and you kind of wonder where this is going to go because it is quite tense and neither of them appears to be backing down you know hank's kind of tried to laugh it off but it's kind of starting to get a bit serious really and kind of i guess the tension's kind of cut when skylar comes out and then hank, walt jr kind of stumbles over and vomits into the pool so um yeah kind of all this tension is, is kind of taken out because of what happens with walt jr but um it's yeah i mean it's a it, it's a it's a pretty tense kind of scene really between these guys and um yeah you're kind of used to seeing Walt being you know I, I don't know if you'd say subservient to Hank but he's definitely kind of secondary to Hank like Hank's the bigger character and and the more kind of manly man I suppose you'd say and it's the first time you really see Walt kind of stand up to him yeah and I think I mentioned the other week it's kind of like these little glimmers of when you get badass Walt kind of coming out more into his everyday life like when he had that student mm. the other week and he's like don't bullshit a bullshitter um, and this is like a real like scene where he's like really like standing up and I mean, it's an interesting scene, like really, really interesting. Um, and I'll be honest, I completely forgot this scene existed. Um, so kind of watching this, like, oh wow, like I remember this now. Um, but yeah, like 
And, like, this is weirdly kind of some of Walt Jr.'s strongest stuff, particularly with a conversation he's going to have later on in this episode. Like, it kind of, like, hits you in the feels and stuff that. Mm. But, um, it's yeah, it's kind of interesting kind of the ramifications of, I guess, Walt kind of getting good news and just kind of, like, putting this on his son and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, like, it's I, I love the reaction here of, like, I get the reaction of, of Hank because, like, I mean, I don't know how you were with your parents and that, but, like, I, you know, as a kid, like, my dad would let me have a sip of beer. Like, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, here you go. Like, and it's not like my dad's trying to do this to me. It's just kind of every now and then as a kid, you're like, oh, what are you drinking, Dad? Can I try that? You know what I mean? And it's just mm. it's a standard thing that a lot of kids do. I know there's there was an advertising campaign here in Australia where they were like, Dad, can I have a sip? And it's like, don't enable a child. They'll become an alcoholic. Like, it's kind of, you know, things like that. Maybe this should have been shown more so than just that. But, um yeah, there's a fine line between giving your son a sip of beer and you know five shots of tequila. I mean, I wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even give a friend five. But tequila's the devil's drink. Let's be honest. But um, yeah, it's it's an, it's a heavy scene and just like even the the Dean again. Can we just give props to Dean Norris, like a guy who doesn't really get a lot of props for his acting. He's kind of very one note. But just even like this standoff here, kind of just staring at him, and he's just basically like, you know, like come on, you know, we're all good here, Walt, aren't we? And then just kind of like. He's just like, give me the bottle and just, yeah, it's, it's so tense. You kind of feel like you're there and it's just like, wow. And then sort of poor old Walt Jr.'s got, go on the vom, go on the chunder in the pool. So. <laughs> yeah. I think the other thing too is that I think, um, you know, part of this is about the, 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 the challenge that Walt kind of sees Hank as, as kind of being that step and father figure to, to Walt Jr. while he's been, sick you know while he's not been able to maybe act as the the father that he should be and um and and now he's kind of in a position where he can challenge hank to you know actually i'm the father and um and so i think there's part of that going on as well and i think that's probably reinforced by the show a little bit because we've seen a few scenes that maybe Walt wasn't privy to of of hank being the the kind of father figure for walt so it kind of makes sense from a viewer's perspective even if you you know that maybe walt didn't know about some of those incidents occurring so yeah i think it is just a a, a it's a good scene um, and it's nice to see that kind of tension and you're right it's nice to see Dean Norris get to play something that's a little bit more kind of straight up rather than always just comedy um, and yeah and then we kind of move on to Jesse's story and he's got this, his um, glass fry pan um, I remember these being a bit of a, a you know like a, a thing at one point in time right well, I don't I never like I was questioning this like I'm going like I don't think I've ever seen a glass fry pan like I, I, I was intrigued by this because they kind of look cool yeah, no, there definitely was a time, I think, where this was a thing. Um, I'm kind of thinking like, yeah, around this time, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe this is a little bit kind of, um, you know, after its time, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I don't hate it either. It's kind of like a cool thing. Yeah, maybe when I order my uh, my my isotopes um, yeah. <laughs> baseball cap, I'll, I'll just chuck in a glass fry pan while I'm at it as well. But uh, yeah, so he's kind of trying to like sneakily make breakfast for Jane. Um, and um, you know, and she she's get up and do you want me to go back to bed if you're making me breakfast in bed? And um, yeah, it's just it's just this kind of quite sweet scene between the two of them. Yeah. Really, it's um, yeah, it, it is quite nice. And um, yeah, I think this is probably the last the last moments where I kind of enjoy the Jane character, and it starts to go downhill for me after this. Really, um, and, and that's not to say it's bad. I just don't really like the character after this, and maybe I'm not supposed to. I don't know, but um, but yeah, I think uh, it is just a nice, sweet little scene, really, of these two. And, um, yeah, just kind of reinforcing that they're, um, if, if it's not, if they're not officially a couple, then they're definitely kind of into each other. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I, it's just sweet the way kind of like 
he's doing this with the, the breakfast and kind of going out of his way. And like, I can't even remember what he says. Like it's some obviously breakfast dish over there. I don't know. I've never heard of it that he's making. And then kind of just like, you know, the way he's kind of like getting the coffee and then she's kind of picking the eggs out of it, the shells out of yeah. it. It's just, it's just sweet. Like this is kind of what I keep saying with Jesse and Jane, how I just, I just like this kind of sweetness between the two of them. And it's, it's just nice to see Jesse happy. And obviously he had a shit start to the season. He's going to have a bit of a shit end to the season. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's rare. I can't think of future seasons where Jesse's like this happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think kind of like you have these moments where Jesse's you know, a happy guy and, and, and living a good life and, and they're few and far between in the show. So you kind of, I think, probably just enjoy them more than you, you normally would. I, I kind of like the whole thing of like being a Kiwi, you know, um, any kind of like um, tortilla is an unusual breakfast choice. Generally speaking, it's not something that is, is normal in this part of the world. So I always quite like it when you see this kind of like, you know, the bacon and in, in, in a tortilla. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind it's, of quite cool. Kind of put, puts you in a, in a place, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've told the story before on air and on, I don't know if it's been here, there and everywhere, but like how when I stayed in Mexico City in an Airbnb and I just lucked into this great place where basically this, uh, you know, mother and a, a daughter lived there and the mother didn't speak a word of English but would cook me breakfast every single morning and it would be like chicken sort of enchilada burrito things. And I'm not a huge Mexican food fan. It's never been my favorite food. But I mean, in Mexico, it's amazing. Like it's, it's it, you just, you want to eat all of it. Like, you know, it's, it's real food. It's not like, you know, Taco Bell or something like that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We've talked about breakfast before. about not been the biggest heavy. And it's it's a cultural thing. Like we're, you know, we're definitely, a, you, and, you and I in our countries are very similar. Like it's just bowl of cereal, some toast. Like we don't need a massive meal. It's just, it's foreign to me, even having lived in that part of the world for a while. So yeah. Yeah, I think the kind of bacon and eggs on a weekend is about as far as it gets for us as a, as a normal thing. You might go out to a cafe or something. Um, but, yeah, kind of toast or, or cereal is pretty normal for you know, a weekday. Um, so, so yeah, I think that, you know, it's it, like I say, it's just a sweet scene. Kind of set it sets up that these two are, are not just kind of, you know, uh, fuck buddies or whatever you might call them, but there is actually something more there, you know. It's kind of just really reinforcing that point, which is going to be important as we move forwards. And then we go back to Walton and, you know, waking up the morning after and he's obviously feeling a bit hungover and calls Skylar and kind of apologizes and get that great lineup. I don't know who that was, but it, it wasn't me, you know, which I think is, is quite an interesting quote when you kind of think about where the show's going, you know, who who is Walton, who is Heisenberg and, and where do they cross over and you know who's who I think is really interesting. That's a good um, point. Yeah, just sort of yeah. interrupt. It's kind of like um yeah, because I guess kind of just the, the the dynamic of how this show works and that journey, it's sort of like, you know, kind of those blurred lines, isn't it? That like Walton Heisenberg are different characters. So, yeah. 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 And then you kind of, you, you get him kind of um, checking out this, you know, the, the disgusting brown water coming out of his out of his faucet again. And then you, he's going to check in the water heater and the brown kind of dripping water, which then fades into the dripping of the tea bag and it's in the teacup, which I really like as, um, as, Skylar's listening back to this message that Walt's left her in the break room, and uh, and here we go, our favourite character um, of Breaking Bad. Um, Skylar's talking to so Ted in, in the break room. Nick, you <laughs> take this, <huh>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I'm and, falling and, asleep. <laughs> and, and yeah, because they're just talking about Walt. Like she obviously hasn't told Ted before that you know Walt's recovering from cancer, and this is just such a blast scene. It's kind of nothing, um, kind of just setting up that there's this kind of flirtation between these two, and um, it, it just kind of really hard to. 
buy. Like I'm, I'm not necessarily against the whole, you know, Skylar has a flirtation. She's bought on these churros and, you know, I, 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 <laughs> classic I, flirtation I, device. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to hold my churro? I, 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 could, I could make that line work, I reckon, in the right situation. But, um, but, but yeah, I think uh, to me, I just find this a really hard kind of setup because she is still pregnant. Like would Ted really be kind of, and you know, like I, I suppose you could argue that Ted's kind of re, kind of reluctant and keeping arms length here and 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 you know maybe it's Skylar who's kind of been more flirtatious with him than the other way around but um I, this whole thing just makes me both bored and uncomfortable I have to say at the same time yeah that's a that's a perfect summary bored and uncomfortable um and like it's just this character of Teddy's boring like like I just and he's not that attractive I mean you know like I just if if Skylar's gonna do like have some hunky dude who's just kind of like women are watching this going, oh, like, okay, fair enough. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not excused. I, I, I hate this storyline. I hate this storyline so much. Yeah, I and think it's like, oh. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I don't know if I've made this point in one of our episodes or not. So um, I, I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but I think at this point in the story, you know, like we are still in this in this space where um, Skylar doesn't know what Walt's up to. And I think um, you start to stretch credibility a bit if her only storyline is her not being able to figure out what Walt's up to. So you kind of have to give her a distraction from a plot perspective so that she has something else to do because if all she's doing is suspecting Walt's up to something but can't put the pieces together that wears really thin so you kind of have to redirect her as the storyline for a little while so that it doesn't just become this really really unbelievable kind of set of situations where like Walt is clearly clearly up to something but she just doesn't put it together and so they kind of just yeah they kind of send her down this little detour this almost almost a, a narrative cul-de-sac really like it just doesn't go anywhere and then she kind of comes out the other side again and um i like personally i just find it pretty unsatisfying like i i understand why they're doing it um but i just personally just don't really enjoy it i like yeah that's a good uh, narrative cul-de-sac i like that but like <sighs> people <laughs> bag i just i'm trying to think like it, the bag her out so much for how she is and like, i can't even excuse this it's like it's not that she's annoying it's just it's just pointless and it just yeah. and it makes me mad and how this turns out and it's just it's like like let's let's hypothetically say this that she finds out and like separates from Walt that okay maybe I can buy into this a little bit more or something like just like you're just painting her out to be like somebody who's about to cheat a cancer-filled husband even if he's like you know ignoring her and all the things that have happened right like it's just there's no excuse for that. And like, it just, it just frustrates me. It just frustrates me on so many levels. Like make it like she's a writer, make her book start to get published or something like that. Like make her discover Scientology, like go keep going on this route where she's smoking and she gets addicted or like she's doing rebellion. Like this is technically a rebellious thing, but like, why do we need to have this? Skylar goes back to work and flirts with the somewhat attractive to certain people, man, who's boring as batshit. Like, it just, it just takes away from it. Like, this is the angriest I'm getting so far in this show, and it's on Skylar, and here I am defending her. But it's like, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just frustrating. I just don't like it. I do not like it. I do not like Green Eggs and Ham. I do not like Skylar and Ted I Am. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, and I think it's one of those things that, um, 
whatever else you think about this episode you can't get around the fact that there is this this storyline here which is just annoying um and unfortunately it's going to be with us for a little while so we're going to have to kind of just dig in and get used to it but um but yeah i think probably when there's other exciting stuff happening around it you don't notice it as much but because this is a slower episode it really does stand out and if you're not into it and i think most people who are watching it aren't into it it is just a bit of a heavy watch um but yeah we'll, we'll come back to that story unfortunately um we kind of move on to walt buying a new water heater which sounds really boring but after what we've just watched is actually kind of interesting yeah. um who would have thought that that is a storyline is is pretty exciting yeah so. <laughs> I, I, I love i love kind of like the banter between between him and this guy, the salesman who kind of looks like him, you know, this kind of bald guy with a moustache and glasses. And, I love this you know, guy. Yeah, yeah, and they're kind of like with the crossed <laughs> arms and they kind of stand next to each other and like a, a like kind of like their, their kind of body language kind of um, mirrors each other, if you notice, kind of like, you know, they've got the crossed arms and then they kind of walk along with their arms swinging and then it's arms with their, you know, hands on hips and, you know, so it kind of like the two of them are like these little mirror images of each other. It's quite, quite cool how they do that. Um, and, you know, while wants to buy the most expensive one um and um yeah there's some interesting stuff here about like suddenly you know money has been a real problem the whole reason Skylar's supposedly even in this job is because they don't have any money and so nobody ever seems to ask in this episode where the money's come from for Walt to be doing what he's doing but um that's kind of a little bit beside the point I guess and um anyway when he's paying he pays in cash and he obviously has this banknote that's got blood all over it um so and, and you know that's a completely non-subtle fact that we're talking that he's paying for these things with blood money you know like it's there's nothing subtle about it it's not meant to be subtle i, I didn't get that making, thanks for pointing that out <laughs> <laughs> it's just making a really obvious point that you know this the, the the money that he's making is coming from bad bad ends and and the 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 sh- the producers of the show don't ever want you to forget that. They always want to bring it back to the fact that, you know, whatever Walt's doing and whatever feelings you have for him, and if you have this kind of like, um, you know, like I, I think you're supposed to quite like Walt at this point in the storyline and, and find him endearing, but you can't forget that what he's doing um, is, is both illegal but also a horrible thing that he's doing that's causing misery and, and pain to lots of people. I like this this guy, Bob, is his oh, name tag. It's a great um, name. Like... The thing I like about this guy is he's just like, he's just got like this look on his face. He's kind of like some sort of like used car dealer who's like, yeah, I've suckered this guy into buying yeah. like, you know, the, the extended warranty. But like this guy gets moist over water pumps. Like he's just like, yeah, this one's top of the range. Like it <laughs> makes your water hotter. Like, I mean, like I'm, I'm sorry if people are listening to this and you're a hot water tank salesperson. I'm sure they're very scientific beasts, which are better than others. But like, the end of the day, if it makes my water hot, that's all I care about. This isn't something that I feel like you need to go fully technical on. I mean, sure, if you're into saving the environment and power and energy and all this, great. But if my water's hot and I can, like, have five showers a day, not that I have five showers a day, but if I needed to, and no, the water's not going to run. Like, I, when, I, when we were in Invercargill, I saw we had the world's smallest hot water tank. Like, I would have a three-second shower and the hot water would be done. Like, that pissed me off. <laughs> so, I want it to keep hot. But, yeah, anyway, I love Bob. Bob's great. And then, like... When he's basically like, oh, yeah, so um, would you like uh, installation? And he's like, no, 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 I will do it myself. Oh, yeah, I like that. Like, he's kind of just like, Bob's into this guy. Bob's flirting with Walt, I think, here. Yeah, he's kind of like um, Tim the Tall Man Taylor, eh? Like, just like, yep, do it yourself. That's the yeah. way to go. I say, yeah. <laughs> That's what we need in this episode. A, br- a br- Tim the Tall Like, you know, just everything's yeah. like breaking every five seconds. 
there's this great like really really famous tv ad here in new zealand which is basically like these kids who are acting like you know do it yourself like home home handyman it's like oh come and help me put a you know a retaining wall in next week and it's like oh do it yourself do it yourself and it's these like real cute little kids and then it's like oh get the aussie guy to help you he's like mate you're dreaming and you know like it's just this really really cool little and it just reminds me of that like these guys who are like you know they obviously know what they're doing but they kind of like tr- almost like a bit of a dick measuring contest of like yeah yeah you're able to do it yourself it's yeah it, I, I do love it it's just kind of like like I, I love it when Walt is kind of like this slightly nerdy kind of um like he, he knows so much but when he gets kind yeah. of excited about something kind of that nerdiness in him comes out um and and I really like that I think it, it, it is really good fun and um yeah this kind of like obsessiveness that we're seeing with with um Walt in this episode is, is kind of fun I kind of enjoy it you know um and yeah and then we kind of go back to Jesse's house and Jesse and Jane are smoking um I thought for a minute I thought that they were smoking weed and I was like hold on have we just suddenly got Jane smoking weed that seems a bit of a strip but it's a cigarette so that's fine um and um, they're looking at Jesse's old drawings from when he was, he says he was a kid, but it was like four years ago, which doesn't seem that long ago. Um, and so, yeah, the, the kangaroo boy, the half kangaroo, and he's got Joey. What, a, what a character. And, Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. And like, was it the Reverso Man or something? The guy that can walk backwards? It's not like a time thing. You can just walk backwards. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, they're good drawings, I guess. Um, they actually are really good. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if, like, this is a... A, a thing that you watch a commentary or no tribute like because I, I, I like famously in titanic for example the jack draws rose scene is actually james cameron drawing yeah. kate winslet so i like i you know is this aaron paul's really drawn these or is this, they just got like some sort of uh you know really cool artist to to do these for the show yeah i'm not sure there was there wasn't a, uh, a commentary on this episode so i wasn't able to do that but there's probably some um you know, some some useful kind of uh, trivia somewhere that we could we could link to with this one. I guess nothing um, on Breaking Bad uh, wiki that I can see, unfortunately. Right, but, right, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so obviously we we hear a knock on the door, and it's actually at Jane's house, not at Jesse's house. And and um, Jane realizes it's her dad, and so uh, and she kind of races out the back door, and then out you know in through the back door at her place, and says she's been listening to music, and um, you know we get and you know this kind of doorstep conversation between Jane and her dad, and and then Jesse comes out and kind of you know hey what's up and you know she kind of blows him off and pretends that there isn't a, a relationship there at all and um, he's a bit confused by the whole thing um you know he's just the tenant um so yeah it's just it, it's kind of like this thing you know, i talked about i, I like that last scene of, of the two of them and it was quite sweet and um now we're going to kind of get into jane being you know a bit of a bitch i guess in some ways um yeah. is she though can i just chime in here quickly like these guys have been, what, fucking for like two or three days? They've not established any lines of where they are. Okay, Jesse's been a bit sweet and cooked a breakfast, but, like, I'm kind of with Jane here. Like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm different. Like, I, I wouldn't introduduce someone that I've maybe slept with a couple of times and gone, oh, hey, this is the girl I'm fucking. Like, yeah. I mean, it's Oh, yeah, of- no, yeah, no, I get that. I think it's probably just that it's a super cold reaction she she kind of makes. And I guess you could argue, like, later in the episode, she's going to come and, and make a, an apology. So um, probably, yeah, I'm probably being a little bit harsh. Um, um, but, yeah, I think it's probably just the nature of just how cold it comes across um, is, is probably – and, I'm you know, I'm thinking through what Jesse's reaction would be I'm, I'm totally kind of hooked into into how jesse's reacting to this so but yeah you're, you're not wrong I, look, I'm, I'm completely honest with you if i was jesse here i would be probably cut too like uh yeah. you know 100 percent. but it's just yeah i don't know like i kind of like i don't know how i feel about her dad 
Um, I mean, he's going to be somewhat important in this season, uh, weirdly enough. But um, I, I don't know, like the actor who plays her, I'm guessing he's kind of meant to kind of play this sort of straight lace sort of guy. But like, um, yeah, he'll be more of a talking point later. But I do love this whole sequence. Like he's knocking on the door for a solid couple of minutes before he eventually goes, Jane. <laughs> like it's kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. before she gets up and puts her clothes on, he's been banging on the door for, you know, however long. And then all of a sudden he's just like, Jane. And then he gets to go get the key to like, you know, sort of just let him, let him in. So let us, yeah, it's, I don't know. I Big think um, some of these things, Nick. Oh, well, I think also we are in the you know early cell phone age as well. So like, if you think somebody's home and, and you knock on the door for like you know a minute and they don't come out, probably the next step is going to be to give them a call on their cell phone, right? Well, it's it's. I mean, there was that great meme or there's like a Facebook group where it's kind of like you know um, if somebody knocks on your door unannounced, you kind of hide. Like, I'm kind of like that. Like I like I just if I hear somebody knock at the door. I'm kind of like, who's that? Who's like, who's knocking on my door? Like, I, I'd rather you, I know you're coming over. Like, text me, ring me. Like, I, I would never show up to somebody's house unannounced. I would always have to say, like, yeah. are you home? I don't want to waste a trip. Like, I mean, I've, I'm, I've, I've got stuff to do. I'm a busy man. Like, my time's precious. Um, But it's like, I guess it's, yeah, as you said, kind of, we're sort of in that middle ground of when cell phones are super, super prominent. I mean, they were in 2008, 2009, but probably not to the extent of now. So maybe there's still a bit of that old school mentality. I mean, we've still got pay phones, right? So like the day and age of just rocking up to someone's house without calling you first. Or, or maybe it's all meant to be this whole thing because of she's a recovering addict that, you know, a, a spontaneous visit is part of it to make sure that she's not, you know, fallen off the wagon again. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, and he obviously, you know, we're going to get more of that backstory in, in the next few episodes that he's very protective of her for a good reason, you know, because um, she's been, you know, in, you know, in rehab and all that kind of thing before, and he's, he's making a concerted effort to try and keep her on the, the straight and narrow, which, you know, you can't blame any parent for wanting to do, really. Um our next scene here is kind of Walt installing this new water heater um, and Walt Jr. comes home and, um, and and they test the water heater and, and um, you know, it's fantastic and, and all of that. And, um, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to get excited about a water heater. They test the water heater, it's fantastic and all of that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. If somebody yep. was transcribing this, it would kind of be like, that's a weird thing to say. But anyway, <laughs> it is a weird thing to say. Um, and, and then we get what I think is actually a, a, another sweet little scene which is kind of Walt Jr. apologizing um you know for, for what happened the night before and, and Walt kind of being I, I think like genuinely crushed that you know Walt Jr. feels that he has to apologize for this kind of thing yeah. um so yeah I think it's you know and, and you know the, this this new book that I've picked up which kind of talks about this they've got this note here that says you know the mortified look on Brian Cranston's face in the scene where Walt Junior, or we Walt apologizes to Walt Jr. for the puking incident, and Walter Jr. swells with puppy pride as he notes that he kept up with his dad um, and uncle as they had three drinks. Walt doesn't deserve um, a kid e that eager to please. Nobody does. Um, I think that's quite a nice way of putting it, really. You know that um, you know we haven't seen heaps of Walt Jr., but you know he is he's he's a nice kid and um, and you know, like it has a lot going on in his own life and, and we don't get a lot of scenes just between these two. So it is a nice scene, you know, I think the last one I can remember, and it probably wasn't the last one, but the last one I remember was him having this kind of driving lesson and that was a bit of a nothing scene. So it's nice to just have these guys kind of like having an extended dialogue scene. Yeah. And I, it's, I mean, sort of just the, you know, the character of Walt Jr. Hasn't really, yeah, kind of had sort of super lot of heavy stuff to deal with. Um, so Yes, it is quite heartbreaking. Just the way he's kind of like, like, like I kept up, Dad. Like you know, like you know, it's kind of, 
And I guess this kind of goes back to that that ad. It's kind of like, oh, what never starts with one drink. Like, you know, Walt Jr. is clearly susceptible to alcoholism. He's going to be a massive drunk in about 10 years' time. Uh, there's another <laughs> spin-off idea for you, Vince. You're welcome. Um, yeah. But <laughs> the recovering alcoholic, Walt Jr. <laughs> um, but, like, props to RJ Mitty here or Mitt, uh, however you pronounce it. I'll get it right one day. Just, like, he's actually really well acted. Just kind of, again, it's like the innocence and just kind of that, you know, like, oh, I kept up well, Dad, and just... Again, just as you were saying in that book, just the, the way he looks, Walt just is so, like, devastated and just kind of, you know, like, oh, I better get back to it. So, I mean, who knew that a scene about installing a water pump and testing the hot water could be that emotional, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, but, yeah, and I guess the, the the very end of this is that Walt goes back into the, the water closet and, and pushes on the floorboards and they're all soft. So, you know, so we've got rotten floorboards, which is going to lead us into his next scene. But before we have that, we've got a scene at Jesse's house and Jane comes over and, and, and you know, says that she did him a favour, you know, in terms of not wanting to meet his father and all that kind of stuff. And they have this kind of argument about it and, you know, Jesse believes that there's more going on here than she's willing to admit. Um, and, you know, he's pretty upset about the whole thing. And, and kind of just drives away in his fancy car. So, um, yeah, I think it's this is a scene that, you know, it's um, it's not amazing from my perspective. I think it's okay, but it's I think it's just kind of giving you information more than anything else, you know, like that, you know, Jane wants to keep him at arm's length from everybody else in her life, that she doesn't see the relationship in the same way Jesse does. You know, I think that's, that's largely what we're getting out of this scene. And it's also, I guess, too, like... Yeah, like protecting herself because she's an addict and she at least knows that he's a bit of a stoner um, mm. and kind of she doesn't know what he does. And I think we get a lot more of that next episode, don't we? So it's kind yeah. of, yeah, and I, I guess kind of her implications are that he maybe does something of this line. So, again, you can understand, like, it's sort of, you know, like the sweetness of it, but it kind of it, it, it adds to an element of, like, you can't just have two characters get together and just, okay, it's smooth sailing, like it's mm. sort of, you know, like I like it. Like again, it's sort of sweet, but then it just—it's not. You know, I like Jesse being happy, but a bit of you know, give Jesse a bit of conflict here and there with it. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't mind it. Like it's it's it's. I feel like I'm being a bit of a hypocrite because like I feel like people would criticize this as kind of being pointless drama. What do we need this domestic life with Jesse kind of stuff going on? You know, when you've got Skylar doing something sort of like this, and you know, just kind of like oh, you know, we want Walt doing this, we want Walt doing that. But I mean. If you, if you want to be completely critical, I mean, this whole episode is filled with this. You know, Walt fixes a hot water tank and gets his son drunk and, you know, it's all domestic life, essentially. But it's kind of it's like that brush of what would life be like for these people if they're not cooking, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. kind of like that's what's making their life exciting. So their domestic life is kind of, you know, front and centre. Yeah, yeah, I think it's probably unfair to say what's the point in this, you know. Like I think it's, you know, I think it is kind of um, – You've got to you've got to kind of put some 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 roots down there, I guess, for Jesse that that kind of keep him grounded. That there's a reason why we care about him. It's not just because of him, but actually some things that are happening to him. You know, so I I think it's probably a bit of an unfair thing to to kind of have that criticism about why do we have this here? I think you want these people to feel human and real and lived in, and you know, people have relationships, messy relationships, um, and you, you kind of want to show that in, in a show like this. It's it's not all just fun and nice, you know, like. They're, they're, this is a kind of warts and all show, so I do think you kind of want to show that stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's 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 important. It's all character development, and like I know we talked about that last season with 
was a cancer man, wasn't it? The Jesse and his parents episode, you know, yeah. kind of, I like learning stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. to be fair, like if, if we're going to make that comparison, I would say like, I enjoy this far more than the Jesse and his parents thing. I think this feels, and it should do, you know, because it's more, it's more extended. Um, so, you know, you should feel more of this than you do with his parents. And I like this more. And I, you know, I think I've said before, I don't love the Jane stuff, but I definitely like it more than the parents stuff. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Then we, we kind of move, um, into what back at the hardware store buying a whole bunch of stuff and we kind of just you know kind of follow him with this tracking shot through the hardware store buying supplies and we get back home and he's cutting cutting down into the floorboard and kind of hanging over the and I, I saw some kind of like this is an analogy of him kind of like hanging like a bat over his life I was like that seems like a bit of a stretch I think mm. he's just got his head kind of sticking through a hole um, you know people are kind of look, sometimes looking for symbolism that I don't always think is there um, but but yeah and so we kind of get him just, just hard at work kind of doing this stuff and that's where Walt Jr. comes home and you know he's got fruiting bodies you know some kind of <laughs> fungus that's kind of um, rampaging through the bottom of their house and you know like we just kind of like Walt's just become obsessed with this it's just you know this is that he's just redirecting um, you know his his nervousness about having to face a, a post-cancer world for him um, by having to you know do this thing to the floorboards and all this kind of stuff and we get a great scene later on um, you know breakfast tables scene um, where Walt's kind of coming and going and, and but yeah at the moment we're kind of just setting the the, the scene for that really um, so yeah it's 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 quite a fun little scene I kind of like some of the camera angles that are kind of up you know up through the hole kind of talking to to Je Walter Jr. I think are really cool so yeah I, I, I like what they're doing here in, in terms of telling the story of this episode anyway yeah no that's a that's a that's a good point I I always I don't think I've ever kind of before I always like this sort of Walt Jr. comes home and I'm home. Like, I mean, like, it's kind of, I don't ever remember doing that from school. Like, you'd walk in the door and be like, hi, mom, I'm home. Like, it's kind of, I don't know if it's just a TV show thing or Americans do this. Like, I mean, um, you know, did you ever sort of come home and hi, mom, I'm home. Like, was that a thing you did or? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely not. I do like that kind of like you get that you get that line, I guess, of like, are you home? What do you say? Are you home late or are you home early? No, home early. Uh, he's like, no, no, normal time. And yeah, so Walt's just kind of lost track of time because he's so in his head about the stuff. So um, yeah, yeah. So I think it's I um, yeah, it, it, it's just a good way of kind of setting up what's going on, I suppose. I feel that that shot of him kind of hanging over. Like, I feel that's using some montage I've seen or some sort of, like, clip sort of thing of, like, showing, like, Walt and kind of just develop. Maybe it's in The Honest Trailer or something like that. But, um, I don't know, that's just one of those scenes that I feel like it's like a trailer shot almost. Like, you kind of, you you you, you know it when you see it, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, fruiting bodies. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not I've sure always if wanted to learn more. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure if it's here or in the scene later with the family where he kind of has that line, which is a little bit again on the nose in terms of what he's experiencing, where he says about, you know, the dry rot and stuff like that. And he says, you know, just cut it out and start fresh, um, you know, which is kind of... A, kind of alluding to what we're going to see happen in the next couple of episodes in terms of the cancer stuff there's an opportunity to cut it out and start fresh um but again in this book i've got there's a a, a pretty morbid line here it says like cut it out and start fresh it's easier to do with floorboards than the rot in his soul which i think is kind of like wow, that you know, book. what are you reading yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean not 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 completely inaccurate but yeah kind of um pretty pretty intense so yeah i guess this is just an analogy for what's going on with with Walt that, you know, um, is it easier to just kind of cut all the bad things out and, and kind of start again? Um, 
you know, so yeah, there there is some kind of um, subtext going on here, but um, I, I I feel like I'm stretching to kind of make this more interesting than potentially it is, and and talking about making it interesting, more interesting than it is, we get we're back to the the office, and um, so Skylar kind of sees Ted kind of leaving for the day. She's obviously working late, and we get that from the the guy who's vacuuming, so you know, it gives you a sense of time and and things like that, and um, yeah, and she's looking at these spreadsheets and potentially picking up some problems with the spreadsheets, and but you know, like. As, as she sees him leaving, I think she kind of like knocks the thing. Oh no, that's the next scene. Sorry, I'm I'm a little bit ahead of myself, aren't I? Um, but but yeah, kind of the you know she breaks down and and um, he comforts her and um, yeah, the, <laughs> says yeah, that's it's it. just like a, yeah, I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of struggling to really kind of talk about how good this is. You know, like I think there's some kind of some decent emotion and some good acting here, but it's just not interesting subject matter. Like ultimately. So, you know, as it's, and, and you know, like, as you can tell, I'm, I'm confusing the two scenes here, you know, like, cause um, they are all just a little bit kind of mergy together. They're not particularly interesting. I think the actors are doing as good a job, especially Anna Gunn doing the best she can with this, but it, it's just not particularly exciting. Is this where no, like I think I'm thinking of the scene too later on where she like knocks the freaking pen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I was getting confused and um, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. I, I I think probably there's not a, not a whole lot to say really about this. To be honest, it's just yeah. I think it's I think it's good dialogue, but yeah, there's just there's not a lot going on here really. Uh, I mean, yeah. What what's to say? Like she cries and then he just sits down and oh goody, they're bonding. Yeah, well, he talks a little bit about his father and going through, you know, what he went through with his father, which, you know, so they're making a connection based on a shared, you know, shared experience or, you know, shared um, difficulty that they've both gone through. And, but yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't blow me away. That's for sure. I just, I, like, you mentioned the acting. Like, it's not that this Ted guy's a bad actor. It's just, I just, so mundane. Like, this guy just seems so boring. Like, like, how can somebody be attracted to this guy? Like, what's the appeal? Like, I mean, mm. it's just, if he's a bit personable, if he's got like a bit of sass or some, you know, charisma to him, like he's just, he's so bland. He's the type of guy that you just like bump into at an office like this and kind of meet and you don't even deal with him because he's got to sign something and then you just go away. Like he's got no, nothing about him to me screams like, oh, I should be flirting with this guy. Like I, again, I know I don't necessarily swing that way, but like, it's just, I just don't see the appeal of why you would feel this way about a guy like this. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's definitely lost, and I think probably, um, you know, I, I don't want to disparage any actor. I think, but probably maybe a little bit of, of, of not quite the right casting in this particular role. You know, um, and I think, like as I say, I think he does a fine job with what he's given to work with. But yeah, I think probably the thing is I don't particularly buy the chemistry between these two, and and um, and, and so it makes it hard to really invest in the storyline and. Yeah, I don't think I, I just want to make it really clear that I, I don't think that that's the fault of either of these actors. I think just the chemistry doesn't quite work. The casting's potentially just not quite right for this character. So it makes it harder to buy into what's already a bit of a stretch of a storyline. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. I think EP, at least. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah knock yeah, some yeah, pens off the desk soon, yeah, everyone, because get yeah. excited. It's getting better. <laughs> yeah. Well, before that, we get a breakfast scene, which is actually quite fun, which is like um, Walt Jr. and Skylar are at the breakfast table and kind of like this exasperated looks on their faces as Walt's kind of carting all this stuff in and out of the door. And I absolutely love the kind of physical comedy of kind of Walt coming over and eating a piece of toast. It's just like there's no reason why that should be as funny as it is, but it is just really funny. You know, like he's just kind of like, 
you know, doesn't want to sit down or get any of the dust or anything on the table. So he kind of like almost leans over the table and kind of like is very carefully kind of buttering this toast. And I, I love it. It's just like a funny little scene. I really, really enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I'm maybe grasping at things in this episode, but I do think the, the, the comedic value of that is really funny. No, I'm with you because I, I, I particularly like, and, you know, as much as I'm ripping into Skylar's storyline in this episode, um, I just like the moments I like here is just kind of just the silence and then just Skylar's look on her face. Every time you hear like something drop or like crash and she's got like just such a frustrated look on her face. And she's just like, she's just so mad. And it's just like, I think we've, I, I constantly say we've, we've all been in situations, but like there are things that we're sort of, you know, around and something will always bother you. And it's, it's really nothing annoying, but like it just annoys like where I am living at the moment, there's a dog next door that never shuts up. Never. And, like, I feel like going around to these people, I'm like, are you looking after your dog? Like, do you let it inside? Like, like you know, it's just three in the morning. Just goes off. And then it just, it just it's, it's so annoying. But, like, it's it's a dog. Like, you know, I shouldn't be annoyed. But, like, whole other story. But I, I just love how just this facial expression and just that. And, um, yeah, I'm with you, like, with the toast. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> just, like... Uh, but even like the breakfast thing again, can we just point out they've got toast and a bowl of fruit? Like, I mean, yeah. so much effort for breakfast. Just fucking yeah. bowl of, pour, pour a bowl of cereal. It's all you need to do. And there's only three of them. That's it. Like, there's so much waste, I would think. Well, like leftovers anyway. Like, the stuff they're just going to have to kind of, you know, keep keep eating for the rest of the week. Maybe they just eat the recycle the fruit salad all week. But yeah, it does seem wasteful to me. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, well, we, yeah. And so <laughs> just, we, we, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm constantly lost for words when we're like bagging out the breakfast. Like, I mean, that obviously <laughs> makes me hungry. Like, you know, this, breakfast food is good food. Like, I mean, bacon and yeah. eggs, can't say hash browns, yum. Yeah. But like, since I McDonald's like, did 24 hour breakfast, like, you don't need to get up and get it. You can get it at five o'clock in the afternoon. It's great. Yeah. I feel like maybe like the, the finale of the whole show or something, I'm just going to have to watch in the morning and watch over breakfast and just yeah. have like a massive breakfast <laughs> to celebrate when we get to the end of this but um yeah I, and then we kind of um we're back at jesse's place and you know and he's he's smoking some crystal or he's got a, a pipe of some kind and um yeah I, and he's he's you know like genuinely upset you can see he's crying which is you know like so he he obviously has real feelings for jane and and is really upset and then we kind of get this you know she slips this this picture under the door that she's that she's drawn of apology girl um again, I like apology yeah, girl. yeah it's sweet it's it's nice um so so yeah i think that's just a nice little capper on the the jesse story for this episode and and you know jesse and jane is something that's going to be quite a heavy feature of the the rest of the season so um it's just kind of doing the the kind of the, the setup for that but um yeah and and then we kind of we're back we're back at at benicky fabricators or whatever it's called and um and yeah we we kind of get the thing that we alluded to before which which is, you know, Ted's about to leave and Skylar kind of deliberately knocks her pencils off the desk so that he'll come back. And, yeah, it's just it's just a nothing scene. <laughs> like, just an absolute nothing scene. Again, like, I just, I just, I just, I, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. It annoys me. It makes me angry. Um, oh, yeah, it makes me it. dislike Skylar more. And I like, yeah. I like Skylar. I'm defending Skylar. But, like, I can't not. Like I can't not not like Skylar in this whole sequence. 
Yeah, and I, um, you know, I, I, as I said at the start of the episode, sometime and during this this discussion, is that it, it gets less annoying because the stuff around it it becomes more interesting. So it just becomes a like a it becomes a bit of a like a fly that you can just swat away because everything else you're watching is a lot of fun. But I think at this point there isn't a lot of other things, so it is that thing. It's a bit like your your neighbor's dog. It just like that. Just all you can think about is that uh, that annoying barking dog right now. So yeah, it's, it's just irritating. Um, I'll so, just I'll just add yeah like just on the Jesse Jane I, I like Apology Girl it's cute and like yeah it's interesting sort of yeah how Jesse sort of that upset and kind of smoke like, I do love how like this whole um couple episodes go don't smoke in our house don't do this don't do this and all of a sudden he's fucking lighting up a, a pipe um you know like he's not they don't have those uh, those pee inspectors like they do in New Zealand right um so <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, again, like you said at the very beginning of this episode, there's so many quick scenes to kind of go through here, there, and everywhere. Like, it's yeah, it really is a nothing episode, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's just I, kind of think, like, what are we I talking that, about? Yeah, and I, and I get kind of annoyed by that scene of the, the, the Skylar pushing the pins off the desk because it is just such a tiny scene. You know, like, it just it doesn't really tell you anything other than that she's, you know, like she likes Ted and she wants his attention, so she's going to get it. Um, but just like, there, there, could, there could have been much better ways to have done that, I would have thought. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, and then our last scene, I think, is is the one that kind of, um, I think, does a good job of, of kind of um, maybe saving this episode a wee bit because it's you know, kind of Walt goes back to the hardware store and, um, you know, he's kind of got these two cans of paint or whatever it is that he's kind of carrying through um and you know he's he kind of stumbles over the shopping cart and it's full of all the ingredients to make meth um you know like and and he obviously knows that um and you know like he sees this guy come up and he's obviously like he's just like a jesse equivalent like i like, kind of looks a bit like jesse <laughs> um and you know like and he's kind of got the stunned look on his face and what gives him some advice of like don't buy it all at the same place and don't use this type of matches and all this kind of stuff and um and then the guy just kind of runs off because he's obviously been caught out in terms of, of what he, you know whatever he thinks Walt is if he's a cop or whatever and kind of just runs out and then we see Walt kind of I love the kind of you know he's standing in line for um, at the checkouts and you hear the kind of beeping of the scanner and every time it beeps it kind of you know zooms in closer and closer to Walt I think it's quite an effective kind of way of showing that like this has got to him and then kind of storms outside and sees these two guys um, you know the, the same guy and his mate kind of that are obviously kind of wannabe meth dealers and just goes up to them and just like staunches them out and you know stay, stay out of my my territory it's and then kind of I just like the kind of final kind of zoom in on on who he is and I think this is a really important scene because I think it kind of it, it just really solidifies that that Walt is not going to get out of the game you know like even though he is on the road potentially to recovery and um he's he, i think in this moment we've we we established that he's made a choice that he's going to stay in the in the meth game um that he wants to be in this and it's more than just about providing for his family now it's about doing the thing that he's good at he doesn't want to go back to being a teacher that you know something that he that bores him and is below him he wants to use his skills to to do something that he's really really good at and so this just you know like in, in something of a bit of a throwaway episode you've got this i think a really really important little scene just to cap it off so it's really interesting that it's there you know i think you know this episode you know we're going to get into ratings soon and whether or not it's worth you know potentially wading through this episode for this what i think is a really important scene at the end of the episode is, is something up for debate but yeah to me it just feels like such a, a critical moment in this show right here no i i agree i mean this, this saves the episode if this scene wasn't in it this could very much be a bin um yeah it's just 
Because it, it, the manner in which it's done, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like it's kind of, it's it's not like there's a setup. It's not like he pulls up and kind of sees some sketchy dudes outside and kind of follows them in or something like that. Like he's just, you know, la, 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 I'm buying some paint or, you know, you're mentioning New Zealand ads. I don't know if this was Dick Sealant or something like that. Um, <laughs> so I thought you were going with that before. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just kind of like a normal natural scene. Like here we go again. Walt's got something else to fix. And then he just kind of sees this and it just kind of comes out of nowhere. And you kind of, you, this this look you share and you kind of think like, oh, no, like Walt's not going to mention anything. But this kind of goes into that badassery that the Heisenberg's coming out in sort of unexpected places. And I love this kind of like dialogue. It was like, well, don't buy everything here at once. Like, don't be stupid. And you don't want to get these other, like, he's legitimately helping him. Yeah. And then this guy just like runs out and then kind of, yeah, the way it kind of like beep, 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 like great editing. And then he just confronts these guys and kind of you think, oh, it's on and, Kind of this guy's almost like a scared little puppy when he's like, stay off my turf. Um, but the song here too, TV on the radio, uh, the song's DLZ or DLZ, um, great song. Uh, and just the way it kind of works together, it's just, oh, it's so good. Um, you know, again, it's potential top five nominee, probably not up there with some of the other ones we've had. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I mean, it saves the episode. Without without this scene, I probably would be in this episode. Um, but, like, this scene is just great. It's just, oh, it's, it's intense and it's just, you're just not expecting it and it's so good. Yeah, and yeah, to me, it's it's one of those funny ones where top five, it, it's probably you know it doesn't maybe have the same effect of something like you know the the exploding tortoise, but it's so much more important than the exploding tortoise. You know, like it, um, you know, like it's it probably not going to make the real in terms of what people think of. This is probably one of those ones that people don't remember. They probably actually forget that this even exists. This little scene, but it, to me, it is just it's the transition is like you know whoever Walt was. Before he walked into that hardware store, he walks out as Heisenberg, and you know, like it, it just is that real moment where things are never going to be. He's made a choice in this moment, um, and for me, like, yeah, while it's not as flashy as potentially some of these other scenes, it's it's just so critical to the show. So, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love it, and I think it's a really underrated scene um, that people probably forget this thing exists. So, yeah, I, I do really, really, really love the scene. Yeah, I think. You're you're right. Like it kind of goes back to my point about um you know the drinking scene. I kind of forget. Like oh yeah, I forget with this too. So yeah. um yeah, that's a very very valid point. But yeah. um yeah, not as not as amazingly memorable as the tortoise head blowing up but um yeah it's, it has, but that's it, it nature, has its purpose that's the nature of tv is like you know the, the things that are kind of um you know a, an explosion is always going to going to be a good bit of dialogue in terms of memorability isn't it um that's just that's just the way people's brains work so i don't think that's a, that's the fault of anybody involved in in this scene i think it's really great it's incredibly well acted by brian cranston um so yeah but hats off to this so yeah i think it's been a, a bit of a divisive episode so we can probably move into into ratings and um yeah you've kind of tipped your hand a little bit so i'll, I'll let you go first on this occasion yeah um yeah it's a, it's a rent i i can't buy this episode i mean it's like i can't buy an episode where skylar drops pens on the floor and and flirts with old crummy boring gray-haired face like i mean it's um it's just yeah, but like it's it's again not terrible. Like I, I think, well, again, the one scene saves it. Again, that's I'll just put it that way. So I'm going to rent it. Um, and the tricky thing for me is like, do I put this last or do I put it ahead of Cancer Man? Um, because I was more partial to the Jesse family storyline than you, of course, were. But um, having said that, you know, it's it's one scene versus a, a more of a solid episode. Yeah, look, I think I'm going to put it last. I think that like. Pfft, 
I mean, realistically, the last scene in itself should pump it ahead of it. But again, it's like, take that scene out and you've got a pretty rubbish episode. You know, like, I like the development of the Jesse character with his parents. I like it. Whereas outside of this one scene, there's not groundbreaking stuff that I like in this episode. So based on my own head and my own criteria right now, I'm not going to be the one to give us our 1,000th buy. So, um... Nick, all the pressure's on you. <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to be either. <laughs> be, maybe Colin can do that on uh, on another episode. Uh, maybe, maybe 24 he'll... will be a, a thousandth buy or something like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll get the he'll get the credit for that one. But um, yeah, I think for me it's a it's a rent as well, and it's only my second rent. Um, that You've I, that broken I've your streak. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I've I've always been really straight up, but I'm I'm going to be honest about these things. I'm not just going to keep a streak going just for the sake of it, you know sometimes i am going to have to be honest um and yeah i mean it's just it's not a great episode um and you know it's not a terrible episode and um i i have this in 17th last place um however you want to look at it um you know and and the way the show's going is that it, it has real potential of being my least favorite episode ever of breaking bad which feels quite weird because it's by no means i've just talked about what an amazing final scene there is in this episode so it feels weird to be talking about it in that way and yeah i kind of thought you know tossing this up again cancer man and um you know i think there is some some kind of good scenes in both um and and some stuff i don't like in both so i think they're kind of, it's a bit of a toss-up on any given day which one i i you know, I, I dislike most or like most or have, find a good scene and and, uh, and that kind of thing but um for me i just think the kind of skyler stuff is just so throwaway in this that it's hard to get really excited about it um and i think like i said at the top of the episode i think just the screeching change and and um kind of pace of this episode and you know like you know heading forwards i think maybe next week's not the not the craziest episode either but i think we get back into the the cycle of having oh. a bit of a bit of action moving forward so i think this one just feels like a bit of an outlier it's a bit of an anomaly compared to all the rest um so yeah i think you know I always reserve the right to, to change my opinion slightly but it, I, I don't think i'm 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 going to be moving this from the bottom anytime soon so yeah it's number 17 for me it's a rent it's only my second rent out of 17 episodes so it's pretty good that's crazy so nick that's uh yeah to sort of think about that as it's my fourth uh, so uh, there you go. I just want to say uh, last week I forgot to mention that four days out was 27th on the ringer.com's uh, overall ranking. Um, so obviously we're not doing the vulture anymore. Bastards want to charge me. Um, and for this one, over is uh, number 45. So uh, there you go. But having said that, next week's episode is number 46. So right. um, interesting. Look, I, I'll say this right now. I haven't watched next week's episode yet. But um, I do know that we get to meet someone who I'm very, yes. very excited for, who might be my favourite character in all of Breaking Bad. So um, we get we get him. We, we get somebody very, very big next week, maybe even bigger than Saul. Yeah, well, I think so, and I think it, it's kind of hard not to not to get excited about the fact that we're going to see that and and start to get into um, some of the real kind of nitty gritty of the show. I think with, with this guy coming up, and yeah, so there, there's definitely some stuff to to really dig into about next episode, which which I'm really excited about. And, and obviously, Saul comes back into the show next week, which is which is really cool too. Um, yeah, there's another really like. Um, I wouldn't say it's a big scene or, you know, like anything like that, but we're, we're going to get a, a bit of a sh kind of shocking um, thing happen in the next, next episode as well. So um, yeah, I, I think that there's, 
there's heaps going on and I think there's a great little cliffhanger next episode as well. So, um, so kind of, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to talking about it. I'm just looking forward to talking about one person in particular. So, um, yeah. yeah um, I mean, it's ramping up now, isn't it? Basically yep. we've got what, three episodes to go yep. uh, of this, which is crazy um, that we're this close again to the end of the season. But um yeah, like, I mean, there's some big shit to come this season, you know, for a season that has been planned from start to finish. You know, it's sort of, yeah, you've got to expect now that we're going to be uh, buckling the seatbelts up, basically. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And I did want to say, like, just trivia-wise with this episode um, that we did forget to mention um, a, a great song on this this um, this episode by Yellow Man, which is Zunga 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 Zing. <laughs> So like, sorry, can you just say that again? Yeah. I just I just want to hear you say that one more. That's that's not something I'd ever thought I'd hear you ever say. Try that again. Zunga 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 zing. <laughs> Honestly, look at look it up on Breaking Bad Wiki. It's kind of like this is like Zs and Us and Gs over and over again. Like it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. I might have to actually look up the song and listen to it because uh, I, I I don't recognise there being music in that scene. Um, but mm. apparently there was. No, it's not so. a standout one for me that I heard. Zunga 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 zing. So yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, yeah. I, I think there's probably not a, a huge amount of interesting trivia for this episode either. So um, yeah, there's a, there's a few little bits and pieces. Like I think, you know, when when they're sitting at the at the breakfast table and Walt's moving his stuff out, apparently the news in the background's talking about the recession of 2008. That kind of places where this episode is, but. Yeah, it's not that interesting, really, is it? I mean, it's a bit of a whatever episode, really. Um, and yeah, I think we've we've talked as much as we can about it, and can't get can't wait to get into everything that's coming in the next episode, really. Yeah, I mean, um, oh, actually, the one thing that's seen the I forgot to mention actually, um, when they're at the party, uh, the song in the background, I love that song, "Dance Whole Days" by Wang Chung, um, which is one of those. Uh, um, GTA Vice City songs that I just right. used to listen to all the time. So I, I forgot to mention that, but um, right. yeah, uh, I just I just like the zunga 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 zing. Like uh, yeah. you know, I wish we had episode titles for these, but that's what we'd be calling this one. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah, um, but well, until next time, um, it, it's been a pleasure bringing this episode to you. Um, you know, give us your, give us your feedback. We'd love to hear it. You know, follow us on all the the usual social media networks and and um, and feel free to join us on Patreon if that's your thing. If you've got a few dollars and you want to throw them our way, we're yeah, please we're poor. No. Come on. Yeah, we're not going to say I mean, I no. am. Nick's not, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not, we're, you never say no to free money, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, even if you want to draw us uh, your own superhero, you can be... We've got Apology Girl, so you can be um, Patreon boy, potentially. No, 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 Nick, Nick, come on. Zunga, 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 zinga. <laughs> that's what yeah. I want to see. <laughs> Looking for, I'm looking forward to that fan art. That's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> but uh, un, un, until um, episode 11, um, it's been a pleasure. Um, look forward to talking to you then. My name is Nick, and uh, I'm a product of experimentation. <laughs> and my name is Ben, and this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.